Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen and amen. Are you ready for the word? Man, I'm ready to bring it. So listen, turn to 1 Kings for me. 1 Kings 3. And I want to do the best I can to try and just stay a little calmer today. And I just want, I want to teach something because I don't want to miss what I think the, the message is in this passage of Scripture. And, and in 1 Kings 3, we're going to look at a passage, and I'll read it for you in just a moment, about a king named Solomon. He's just now beginning his reign. God has had him to be the king over Israel. He follows his father, perhaps the most famous king in all of Israel, David, King David. And so Solomon is stepping into that place now. And what we see is something very, I think, interesting, very powerful, very significant for you and I. And I see this cycle that uh, Solomon is initiating for his life as he's stepping into a new season. And I think it's important for us to learn this principle because there's many times that we're entering a new season. But I want to say this to you. It's not when you're just entering a new season. I believe this will help you change the season that you're in. And so at any moment in time, do you believe that at any moment in time, you can stop the madness and the chaos, amen? Make some different choices because God loves making things new and start new and start fresh. And so I want you to see it through those eyes. If you're entering into a new season, man, praise the Lord. If you need a season change or change of seasons, then listen, we're going to learn some things here from Solomon uh, for all of us. And so I really want to encourage you in that this morning. So we find really a pattern here, and that's why I want to look at it as a pattern. Let me me say it this way. I find a cycle, a cycle cycle of blessings. And so we should be, um, we should know what I mean when I say cycle because so many of us live our life in cycles, but typically not necessarily a cycle of blessing. It's usually perhaps a, a cycle of lack, uh, a, a cycle of hurt, a cycle of frustration. And there's things that happen because of what we do. But I believe that we can stop those cycles and start a cycle of blessing. I believe that's what God intended. And so we'll find those principles here in looking at the beginning of Solomon's life and so let me go ahead and start reading there for you in verse 3. 1 Kings 3 through 15 says this, Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. And so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. That night... After the, after the sacrifice offerings, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I'll give it to you. Verse six, Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on the throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. I'm entering in a new season, a place I've never been before, and listen, I I need to make sure that I get this right or I start this right, and here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great, this is so big, so numerous, they can't even be counted. Give me, so here's his prayer, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for. In other words, the Lord was pleased at his prayer. Do you know you can pray prayers that please the Lord? Some of you know that. (laughs) The rest of you will by the end of today. Therefore, do you know that you can pray pray prayers? (laughs) The tongue twist. You know you can do that, the things that aren't pleasing to God? 
We're probably more familiar with the prayers that aren't necessarily pleasing to God. So the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. Verse 11. So God replied, because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life, things about you, wealth, or the death of your enemies, which is what most everybody would ask for. I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart so no one else, such that no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will give you what you did not ask for. Don't you know that God not only will answer your prayers, he'll answer the prayers you didn't even ask for? We're going to get to that. And I will give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up, this was in a dream, and realized it had been a dream. For he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark, and there he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings again, and then invited all his officials to a great banquet. I believe we see a very powerful principle here in how to initiate and sustain a cycle of blessing. I believe it's not just for a king, if you will, or a leader or a pastor. I believe this is for every Christ follower, a principle in the scripture that we can change the course of direction of our life, get out of the cycles of brokenness and lack and hurt and frustration, and begin and establish some new cycles in our life, a cycle of blessing. And Solomon is beginning a new season. So with the number one thing, at the beginning of the cycle that we see at Solomon, he initiated this new season of life by honoring God. It says he gave a burnt offering or sacrifice to the Lord. I mean, in fact, it says he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. So Solomon is embarking in this new adventure. He's got this new season of life. Or maybe you're at a place that you just need a change, and he begins by honoring God. Nothing new begins without honoring God first. Amen? And so he establishes the very beginning piece of the cycle, and Solomon's beginning a new season into leadership. In fact, it's the biggest moment of his life. And he begins with an offering. Let me say it this way. He enters a new season by honoring the Lord. Now, I don't want to just hear the financial piece to that. Obviously, that is a piece of it. But you can honor the Lord with offering your time, offering your talent, offering yourself. And really why I felt it was important to bring this today, or I felt the Lord prompted me to bring it today, because I don't want to to, uh, share it in a sense thinking about we're going to take up a special offering or not or, or anything like that coming into the future. I want to start with it. I want to do this today because of how generous you've been. Because you've been so generous in getting our kids to camp. You've been so generous. We saw the highlight video from Mexico. You've been so generous in everything we do here. You've been so generous, so we're redoing and remodeling, adding classrooms and low sensory rooms to embark on a new ministry outreach. You've been so generous in, in serve days. You've been so generous. I want to say keep going or have some more expectations because for all of you that engaged in all that, you really could have, should have began a cycle of blessing for your life as we see here as Solomon's describing to us. So I'm not trying to get you to do something in a sense that what we're preparing for in the future as much as what I, what I want you to see what's already been started and established and or you can start that now. And so right now, your life, honestly, is what, what, what we understand and that's just the truth. Right now, your life, my life, has been is being shaped by our offerings, by what we offer God, not just financially, but our offerings. And it's being shaped by your generosity. Your life has been and is being shaped by the seeds that you sow. So Solomon's saying, my future, my new season, I want to shape it by honoring God right now. I want to sow the right seed because I know that will come back in my life. 
And I want to tell you, if you need a new beginning or a new season, start sowing some seeds honoring God now because we are all living what we've sown in our past. It's just true. We're all living what we've already sown in our past. Our past seeds, if you will, has shaped where we are today. But you can change that. Or you can start something new. And Solomon's like, I'm going to start this the right way by honoring God as I enter this new season because I know what I do today will shape my tomorrows. And it's being shaped by your generosity and by the seeds that you sow. I, with my daughter Camry, every time we see a peaches stand or, or whatever, she's like, I want to get some peaches, I want to get some peaches. And I was thinking about this uh, for this morning's illustration. Um, the peach farmer or whatever, um, he plants a peach seed or a peach tree. He doesn't two weeks go out there, two weeks later go out there to his little peach tree that he planted and say, I pray that you're not apples. You don't go out there and put corn seeds in the ground and pray. I pray that you're not tomatoes or you're not potatoes. Now, we laugh at that, but that's life. We're sowing seeds and we're praying for it to be something different. I mean, that's just true. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. If you sow corn seeds, you're going to get corn. If you plant a peach tree, you're going to get peaches, not apples. And so Solomon's like, I'm going to honor God because I want this to shape my future. And the seeds that we've sown... And thank God for his grace and his mercy, amen, and you can be repentant, but you can sow some different seeds starting today. You can change where you're at today. You can know your future by the seeds that you have sown. I know my future by the seed I've sown, and Solomon's saying, I'm going to sow some seed to God so I can be the best leader I can be. My seed is creating my future, setting up my future, and Solomon wants his future to be blessed, so he starts by blessing the Lord, and he sows an offering to God. Let's take a look at 1 Kings 3, 4. Here's what it says in verse 4. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. And so the king went there to Gibeon and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. Now listen, there's no Bible commandment that says that every king, before they begin their reign, every king thou shouldest sow a thousand burnt offerings before you beginneth thy reign. It never says that in the Bible. You don't see that in tradition from other kings. You don't see that. But what Solomon wanted to do is he wanted to honor God. I just want to honor you, God, before I start this. I want to honor you before this new season. I want to honor you before this new beginning. There was no command from God that he had to do it. He wanted to do it. It was in his heart and he wanted to honor God. You know, God wants us to get out of the I have to's and in the I want to's or I get to's. And that's our heart, man. I, I love you, God. I want to bless you. I want to bless what you're doing here. And so Solomon wants God to know he wants God's blessing in this new season. So he starts by sowing a seed. You know, in the Bible, there's different kinds of offerings. It says a thousand burnt offerings. There's numerous offerings, way more than we'd ever had time today to discuss. But burnt offerings are a different offering than most of the offerings. Most of the offerings had some uh, different parts to it. And so maybe the whole animal was used in different capacities and wasn't all, and a burnt offering was simply just everything was burnt up, burnt till it was gone. There's offerings that are being sown that perhaps the meat would be used to feed or the grain or whatever be used to feed the priest and, and part of the animal would be used a different way. But understand what happens here. There is no using of anything here for anything else, right? There is no using the milk. There's no using the wool. There's no using the leather. There's no using the ability to reproduce in the future. It was a thousand burnt offerings, and it was just lighted on fire. Poof, it was gone. And I think it's sometimes that's how we see when the offering comes by, right? I put it in the bucket. It's like, what? there it goes. It's gone. But I think what God really loves about this is just complete trust in God. It's just complete trusting. It's like, God, I'm depending on you. 
I, everything, I, I'm depending on you. I, I, I want what you have for me, Father God. And so it's totally consumed. Here's what, here's what I think is interesting when you talk about a burnt offering here. When you give, God knows what it costs you. He knows what it costs you in the moment, and he knows what you could have done with that in the future. I think sometimes we don't understand, God, I'm not really gonna, or I'm gonna do this because, you know, I mean, my time or whatever, I could give this or I could give this money, resource, whatever, I think God, you know, can I tell you, God knows better than you know. He knows not only what it costs you, he knows how attached you are to it. He knows the impact that it has and could have on your life. He, he knows what all those things coming up and things you don't even know, he knows how that could be used differently. And I believe that's why God calls it a sacrifice because he knows what it costs you. Your heart is attached to it. And that's why God honors it and sees it as sacred and sees it as holy even if you don't. And I love that about God. God calls it a sacrifice. In other words, God honors it for what it is, holy and pleasing to God. So God sees it as something from your heart to bless his heart. And so God knows, and God even knows that your flesh does not want to do it. Maybe everything in you maybe does not want to do it, but you do it. And every time you give, it blesses him, so he'll make sure he blesses you for it. He knows what a sacrifice is. In fact, let me say it this way. Offerings are an invitation to God to release more into your life. Offerings are an invitation for God to release more into your life. Every time you give, you create space in your life for God to fill. You create room, you create a gap, if you will. So if you have 100% of increase, so you've just received increase, 100% of that, the Bible says, and we believe this here at Tree Life, my message isn't about the tithe, that the 10% belongs to the Lord and we return the first fruits back to him. So here's what happens then. So we return the 10% back to God. Now all of a sudden our increase that was at 100% is at 90% and so there's a 10% gap. And can I tell you, God loves it when you make room for him to fill something. He loves it. He's looking for you to, because here's why. Because he wants not just to fill it back to 100. That's not God. God wants to fill it to overflowing. So what we need to understand is when we create a gap there, God wants to go beyond what it already originally was. If we hold on to it, it will never go beyond what it originally was. But if you create space, he's going to overflow. In Psalms 23, David said, my cup runneth over. David didn't say, God filled my cup back up to what it was before I some taken out of it. David didn't say, God filled it right up there to the brim. It was really wonderful, right to the top. David said, he filled it up to overflowing. In fact, in, I think it's uh, Luke 6.38 maybe, he said, he, he said, good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. When you give him space, God's all about the overflow. Because it honors God. He knows what that sacrifice was. And God never gives back to you at the level that you give to him because he has a greater capacity. So Solomon's understanding this. He's like, man, I'm going to start this with honor to God. So you don't give up a resource. You just make room. And so here's what you need to know about God. He never fills it with the level you gave it. He always goes and gives you more. I love that about God. And so understand this just in the natural. We, we use the example of planting seeds. If you plant a seed, an apple seed, you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple seed back. You get an apple tree. And I did a little bit of research according to Mr. Google, and Mr. Google says that depending on the right conditions, that an apple seed will produce an apple tree, and an apple tree can produce as many as a thousand apples. Now understand, 
also, Mr. Google helped me also understand that in every apple, there's on the average five to 13 seeds. Now then my brain was just melting right then, so I didn't even add what or calculate what that would be. But if you take 13 by 1,000 and, uh, you know, you do it. You math people that are just weird like that. You do that, all right? So email me, let me know. Okay, anyway, so that's how God works. Every time you give to God, it releases an opportunity for God to give into your life. But understand the point of God's blessing you with more. It's not so you have more stuff necessarily. And he wants you to have stuff and he wants you to enjoy it. He says that in the scripture. It's about when God blesses you with more, you can be a bigger blessing. In fact, here's what we say at Tree of Life. We don't give to get, we give to give again. And God brings increase. But I know it's hard. It's hard, especially when you first. And I, so you, you can start a new cycle today. You can break out of a cycle of poverty or lack or break out of another cycle of frustration and disappointment. You can start a new cycle today, but here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna be challenged with that because the devil's gonna tell you it's a waste. But that's a waste. Other people might tell you it's a waste. You may tell you it's a waste. <laughs> what a waste. What could, you have, what could I have done with that? What, what, what could I have bought with that? Well, look at Mark 14, 4. I love this story. We're just going to look at this one scripture. There was, the room was filled with people, and, and I think Mary came to minister to Jesus. She broke a bottle of perfume, really expensive perfume. It says it was like a year's wages worth of perfume, and just rubbed it on Jesus' feet. Now, here's what some of those present in the room were saying indignantly to one another. Why this waste of perfume? But you know, everybody in that room thought what she did, her offering it to the Lord, to Jesus was a waste, except Jesus. So what does it matter what anybody else thinks? After she broke that little jar, she might have thought, that's a year's worth of wages right there. What was I thinking? Can't turn back now. But you know what? The one person that didn't think it was a waste was Jesus. In fact, if you keep reading that passage, Jesus said, this is a beautiful thing that was done unto me. The beautiful thing. Everybody in the room questioned her offering except Jesus. Jesus said she did a beautiful thing. And now may you, start, you may start by giving by faith, wanting to honor God and fear. I understand that. But the more you do it, and the more you grow and see God's hand upon it, you'll give by faith an expectation. And so we always give by faith. We want to honor God. We want to expand the kingdom. But we also want to give with expectation. That's when it really gets fun. See, we expect the harvest now. We expect good things from God. We expect favor in our life. So we started giving by faith and fear, but now we give or sow by faith and expectation. And let me say this, I believe Solomon sowed that way because his father David sowed that way. I mean, he saw, learned from his dad that scripture talks about that, we read that. But you know David, uh, King David, father Solomon, Solomon saw his father give offerings. In fact, if you look in the scripture and then you compare it to history and then you compare it to modern day value, King David gave billions, literally billions, and Solomon saw that. And Sol Solomon has this heart then and knows that God is faithful because of what he's seen. And so let me on a side note say that to parents. There's a lot of things your kid needs to know before they get out of your house. They need to know how to have a relationship with God. They need to know how to pray. They need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And they need to know um, how to read the Bible. But they also need to know how to give. Because right? one day you're not going to be given allowance anymore. Right? <laughs> one day they're going to be paying bills on their own. One day they're going to need to trust God themselves for their finances. Because you can't nor should you bail them out all your life. You may not be able to. But they need to know what it means to give. And how God will take care of them. A cycle of blessing. 
So let me just go on. Number two. Okay. So he starts with an offering. Number two, dreams. The next stage in the cycle, dreams. He dreams. Solomon gives an offering in Gibeon. And then the Bible says, and then he has a dream in Gibeon that night. So he sows in Gibeon that night. And the Lord then speaks to him. Never, let me, this way I understand. Never separate your sacrifice from your dream. God's not speaking to some of us because we're not honoring him. But Solomon set himself up to hear from God, positioned himself because he honored him. So he sacrificed. And the Bible says, and God came to him that night and spoke to him. So never separate your sacrifice from your dream. You're not going to have dreams unless you sacrifice. And God doesn't separate it that way. Solomon gave sacrificially, and it was the sacrifice that opened the door for God to ask him, what do you want? See, the sacrifice or the honor opened the door to the dream. In other words, God said, I can trust you because I've seen what you've done. Now let me talk to you about something. But know this, he sowed before he dreamed. He sowed before he dreamed. We want dreams from God without sowing, without honoring. See, here's what we'll do. God, I want a dream. Give me my dream. Give me this dream. I want, I want this dream, God. And then, if the dream, and then if the dream comes to pass, then we'll honor God. But Solomon says, oh, no, 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 no. It starts with honoring him. And then when you honor him, you open up the dream. And so here's what he, here's, here, here's what he says there. In uh, verse five, he says, that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, what do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. So God says, you set up the dream by sowing, by honoring me. So he sowed before he dreamed. And now we're just not, not talking just about money, but in every area of your life. Because here's what we say, I'll serve when, I'll help when, I'll love people when. No, you sow, then God releases the dream. See, we cannot separate Solomon's offering from his dream, and we cannot separate our offering from our dream. So Solomon asked for wisdom, but he asked for it in his dream. Isn't that interesting? Because isn't that what we celebrate Solomon for? I mean, Solomon's know the wisdom of Solomon. I mean, it's like a, a saying, right? I mean, we acknowledge Solomon is like the wisest man that ever lived, the wisest man in the Bible, the wisest man in history. In fact, the Bible says God told him the wisest one there will ever be. We celebrate him, but we celebrate what took place in his dream after he sowed his offering. So God spoke to him in this dream, and the thing that was his destiny, and I want to say this, your life is going to be connected to your dreams. So what is a dream? Well, we just saw in verse 5, it says, what do you want? Could you guys put verse 5 up there again for a second? What is a dream? That night the Lord appeared to him, what do you want? What is your dream? What do you want? That's your dream. What, what do you what do you want in life? What do you want out of life? What's your dream? And, and so he says, whatever you want, that's your dream. So what's your dream for your marriage? Because look at what he says. He says, what do you want? And then what does he say next? Ask. You need to be able to verbalize what it is that you want with clarity. So he says, what's your dream for your marriage? Can you clearly verbalize that to God? I just want a better marriage. Well, what does that mean? What do you want for your kids? I just want them to be good kids. What does that mean? I want them to love you all the days of their life. I want them to honor you. I want them. What do you want for your finances? What do you want for your physical being? What do you want in, 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 in your dream? Can you verbalize and define clearly your dream? God said, what do you want from me, Solomon? 
define it, ask for it, write it down. So Solomon was able to clearly define his dream back to God. And now here's what God wants. Because remember, Solomon's dream, I want wisdom and understanding. Okay, but what do you really want, Solomon? I mean, do you want the people in the country to bow down and worship you? I mean, do you want loyal subjects? Do you want land? You want to go beyond the borders and you want all these other kingdoms to bow down and you'll build monuments unto God and all this stuff. And he's like, I just want to, re- I just want to lead these people better. Now, here's the thing that Solomon understood. His dream lined up with God's dream. See, it's one thing. You know what my dream is, God? I'm just want, I want to give you an offering, and, and here's my dream. My dream as a kid was I wanted to play Major League Baseball. And the only reason I didn't is because I went to ministry. <laughs> I might probably be in the Hall of Fame right now if it wasn't for you guys. <laughs> but that's not what he's talking about. And we'll get that in the next point. God, God loves when your dreams are his dreams. When your desires are his desires. And you know how that comes? I'm spending time with them. Spending time with them. See, we misinterpret these things and we think he's gonna give us what we desire, whatever. No, he's not. If he gave us 90% of what we wanted and desired, it would destroy us. What he's talking about here is your dream lining up with his dream. So when your dream lines up with his dream, it comes to pass. And God says, man, that's exactly, you know what, Solomon? That's exactly what I would want for you. Your dream. What is your dream? What is your dream? When your desire lines up with his desire, your dream lines up with his dream, then those things come to pass. Number three, surrender. Solomon says, I gave an offering and then had a dream. And then surrender. Solomon says, I, I, I give a dream. Now I have to surrender my dream to God. It's, not, it's like I don't want riches for myself. I don't want fame for myself. I don't want you to kill everybody else or all my enemies. I, I want to I lead these people well. I, I'm not about me, God. I'm about everybody else. How many times do we neglect or to, to surrender our dream unto God? He said, I just want wisdom. You know, my dream would be then of, in, in line with the, the way Solomon's giving the cycle out here. It would be, I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better pastor. I want to lead you well. I just want to come here with a word from God for you every Sunday. Whoever's here. See, I don't pray prayers for the, I don't know if this is going to shock you. I don't pray prayers for this church to grow. I pray to be ready to give you a word in season every week. I I pray for our worship team to take us into the throne room of God. I pray for our all-stars to serve you, to love you. I pray pray that this is a safe place. I pray that we're sensitive to your needs. I pray, we pray all that, that that our teachers love on your kids. I pray that you feel loved and accepted. I don't pray for this church to grow. I don't pray for me to be known or recognized or any of that. And so I've surrendered to God. God, can we just create a place every week where people that will come, their lives will be touched. And we leave everything else up to you. And so Solomon's like, I, I, I want to be a good leader. And so we pray prayers like, I want to be a good husband to my wife. I want to be a good dad to my kids. I want to be a good friend to my relationships. I want to be a good neighbor. God, I want this. And, and that's, that's in line with God's dream. And then we surrender that to him. We, this is about you, not about me. Solomon didn't pray, change the people. Change these ungodly subjects here in this. You can't even count or be numbered, my goodness. Right? 
I don't get him. Change these people here. These crazy people at Tree of Life that you put me with, Father God. Change them. My goodness. No, I'll be honest, I have prayed that prayer, but that's wrong. That's wrong to pray. Okay, wrong. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Help me be a better leader. God answers that kind of prayer. And in fact, he's pleased with that kind of prayer. Because it's like this. God's like, thank you for talking to me about you and not talking to me about everybody else. Because the truth is, that's most of our prayers. Help me, God. Change. Change my wife. She's a mess. Not you, honey. Change my... I don't have another wife, though. Change my, my wife. She's somebody else. Change my wife. It's changed me. Help me love her like you love her. Change me, God. God loves it when you come to talk to him about you. That's when you're surrendering to him instead of talking to him. And, and, and let me say this. I'm going to say it because I, I have to say this. Um, and don't have these little, go to your friends and can you pray with me, which is just the guys for a gossip session. I'll leave it right there. All right, come on. Come on. All right. So let me ask you this question. Does your dream change anyone else's life besides yours? Does your dream change anyone else's life besides yours? See, someone prayed, help me help others. Now, this is important. The question would be this then. Can you have a vision for where you work? Can you have a vision for your employer? Can you have a vision for where you live and you hang out, your neighbors and your school and your business? Because God gets behind a prayer who has a dream to bless others. The motive of the dream is so important. And then, number four, cycle, gotta go. Answers. He answers. Solomon gives an offering, honors God. Then he dreams, because that sacrifice then caused him dream, and he dreams a dream in line with God's dream, and he surrenders all that to him, and God answers. God answers, 1 Kings 3.12, here's what it says. I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else have had or ever will have. God says, because of your motive was pure, because you surrendered to me, all you wanted to do was to be a blessing, I'll answer that. I'll answer that. Now let's take a look at James 4, 2 through 3. Because a lot of us have prayed a lot of prayers that have yet to be answered. And I wonder maybe it's because of this point. And here's what it says in James 4, 2, the second part. You do not... You do not have because you do not ask God. Well, I've been asking God. I'm just wondering where it is. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motive. Maybe you didn't surrender that part to God that you may spend what you get on what pleases you or your pleasures, the Bible says. Maybe we didn't surrender. And maybe some of us are praying prayers that we need to just come to the realization. We keep praying this prayer. It's not happening. It's not happening. Well, maybe God's not interested in that because maybe it's more about you and then about other people. And I think we need to understand that, that surrender peace, because that's what God answers. Pray, Lord, change me. Help me. Help me be a better husband, father, friend, pastor. When you start praying the right prayer, God will give you not only what you ask for. Take a look at 1 Kings 3.13. Here's what it says in the next verses. And I will also give you what you did not ask for riches and fame, no other kingdom, all the world will be compared to you all the rest of your life. Look at, not only did God answer his prayer, which to all we'd have been, yeah, praise God, woohoo, praise God. We'd be doing the, the praise hands right on the Instagram emoji, right, the praise hands thing. Woohoo, praise God, praise God, he answered my prayer. Hey, listen, don't stop there. 
Because when you honor God with an offering and then your dream line up with his dream and you surrender that to God, he not only answers the prayers that you prayed, he says he answers the prayers that you don't pray. He knows what you have need of. How good is our God? He's not just trying to answer our prayers. When we get lined up in this cycle, he's not only answering that which we prayed, we get the things we didn't even pray for. It just reminds me of Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. All those things are important. But listen, he's saying, Psalm is saying, keep the main thing the main thing. God will take care of the rest. Oh, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? He's, that's an important things, absolutely. He's going to take care of that. But keep the main thing the main thing. Make your prayers about other people. How can I change? What can I do? He says, I'm going to give you what you ask for. I think that's important for us to understand because I think what this is trying to say is we grow not on purpose but on accident. And back to my comment, what we pray around here. We pray, we pray for you. We pray to love you, serve you, help you, minister to you in any way we can, in your kids, in your family. We pray to help this community. We pray for serve day opportunities, doors to open, serve everybody else. And you know what happens? We grow on accident. We just grow. God takes care of us. He answers what we pray for and then he answers what we don't pray for. Because of that prayer, God has answered the prayers we've never, ever prayed. And so we've asked God to make us a blessing to this area on serve day. Just we can be a blessing. God does work through that. Here's what I want you to know. You will be blessed by accident if you live on purpose. Is this, is this mic on? Because that was really good. It's like this, I put a big star and highlighted that and everything. I thought there's going to be a big amen right here. Let me read it again and give you another chance. You'll be blessed by accident if you live on purpose. Amen. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff. God said, I'm going to answer your prayers and I'm going to answer the things you didn't pray because he prayed. This is my words. Because he's that good. He's that good. And number five, and I got to close. Last one. Because we're in a cycle, right? We're talking about a cycle of blessing. Solomon says there's a cycle of blessing here. I want to start it in this new season or where you're at in the season, you can start it now. So he says, I'm going to honor God with an offering. And then he says, I'm going to, I'm going to, when God's going to speak to me out of that and my dream's going to line up with his dreams. When your dream lines up with his dream, God says something amazing. And I'm going to surrender that. It's not about me. It's about other people, God. And then God comes and answers not only what you prayed, what you didn't pray. And then here's what Solomon would say to you and I. We'll show you in just a second. He says, then do it again. Repeat. Repeat. Because here's what we know about cycles. They're, they keep repeating themselves. And we say this, I feel like I'm in this vicious cycle and I can't get out of it. You can get out of it. You just have to do something different. So it's like I'm in the cycle of hurt. I'm in the cycle of lack. And my family's in the cycle of lack. And my parents and my grandparents, I'm in this cycle of this and cycle of that. And I'm going to tell you what, you can have a cycle of blessing operating in your life. You can break the other cycles off your life. And Solomon says, do it again. Repeat. Repeat. We're setting a new cycle. We're getting a new cycle, a cycle of blessing today. We're starting it today. And Solomon wakes up from his dream. And look what he says in verse 15. He says, then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. And so he returned then to Jerusalem. He left Gibeon, returned then to Jerusalem, stood before the ark of the Lord's covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He did what? He started all over again. 
So Solomon goes before them, hey, in this new season, God, I'm going to honor you. And then because of his sacrifice, he goes to sleep. God speaks to him because his sacrifice set up the dream. And he's dreaming the dreams. God's dreaming. God says, I love that we're on the same page. I'm going to honor that. And Solomon says, everything you want, I'm surrendering to you. And then all of a sudden, his answers come from God, not just for what he prayed, what he didn't pray. And Solomon couldn't wait. wait. He couldn't wait to wake up the next day and he realized, well, that was a dream. Hey, where are we going, Jerusalem? Okay, as soon as we get to Jerusalem, we're doing it all over again. We're going to start this cycle again and again, and we're going to repeat it because that was really cool. That was really awesome. Repeat it. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. He repeats the cycle. My wife, we, we, when we go to sleep at night, we listen to worship music. just helps us from the day. and It just calms, right? it just calms our soul and all that. And Even wherever we go. We can be at home. We can be in a hotel in India. We can be in Mexico, wherever we're at. Uh, she just gets her phone out and just plays. And so uh, for a while now, there's just these two songs that she really loves. And so we hear them over and over and over and over. I dream about the songs. I wake up singing the songs. It's I'm Listening, which is an amazing song, and uh, Spirit Lead Me. Love both of those songs. And, but you know what it is? She set it up on her phone. So when we go to sleep, she just sets it up to repeat. To repeat. You know what it's like, right? You, you have a playlist or whatever, and, or you have a song that you really like, and all of a sudden, hey, play that one again. Just hit repeat. Play that one again. And you'll go in and say, can I tell you guys it's the same thing? Just hit the repeat button. Honor God. Dream God dreams. Surrender what you are and what you have to him. Let him answer those things, and then do it again and again. Repeat and repeat and repeat. Why not? Because we do it the other way so much. Repeat it. Do it again. I have a playlist that plays this thing that has one song on it. That's my playlist, one song. And I'll play it over and over again. Why can't we do that? Why can't we just hit repeat? Do you know that you can hit the repeat button of blessing in your life? Do you know that? Do you think it's a one-time random thing? Or here's the thing, we try and live from miracle to miracle to miracle, and when we can live a cycle of blessing... Oh, and I know what I know. It doesn't mean that life is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be storms. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be giants. But it means that you can have a theme for your life and a cycle of blessing in the midst of the storms and the face of the giants and this imperfect world that you can still live in a cycle of blessing. And thank God for miracles because even in a cycle of blessing from time to time you need miracles. But you don't have to try and live from miracle to miracle. You can live a cycle of blessing. Just repeat it. Honor God. Dream God dreams. Surrender what you have to him. Let him answer those prayers and then answer the things you didn't pray. Then do it all over again. And Solomon realizes this all began when he started off with honoring God. A cycle of blessing. Today, I, I felt impressed to share this today, not because of what's coming up, but because of what you've already done. Over the course of these last couple months and the things that this church and that you have participated in and helping teens go to camp, making sure no one missed out because of finances and, and helping serve a community with over 200 people serve, or around 200 people serving and giving of themselves and, and all the things that you've done through the Mission Sunday. You saw the recap from the, the lives that you were changing in Mexico and around and all ahead. And keep going. Keep going. Position yourself for what God has. And if you find yourself in the midst of a bad season, break that by starting a new season, a new cycle right now. Right now. Because here's what I know. God is a faithful God. Amen? We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us 
at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.